Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 145 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me this week. All right. Did you know that how you start your weight loss matters? We often don't think about how we start other than kind of thinking, how do I get going? But we don't think about the impact of how we start on everything else that comes after on how we start might influence whether we finish. That's what I'm going to be talking about in today's podcast episode. So whether you're starting to lose weight or you just want to kind of start with the next pounds, this podcast episode is for you. All right. I have exciting news. I'm really looking forward to this, but we are starting a live challenge. So this is a challenge for physicians who want to lose weight. Starting next week on August 30th, we will be running a live challenge meaning that you will have access to my brand new free course called the Weight Loss Kickstart for Physicians. And you'll have access to me in a live Facebook group. I'll be going live in the group multiple times during the challenge. You'll have lots of opportunities to ask questions, get support as you work your way through the Weight Loss Kickstart course. And you'll get a lot of community. And I really believe in the power of community in weight loss. I think as physicians, we have isolated ourselves when it comes to weight loss and that creates issues for us. It makes it harder for us to lose weight. And so bringing a group of physicians together in this Facebook group to do a challenge together and supporting you guys as you do it is something I'm really looking forward to. And I've been working hard on it all summer. So I'm hoping that you'll come join us. If you are interested in this, head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash challenge and you can register for the challenge and get access to both the free course, which is awesome. Just been working on getting all the finishing touches on it, as well as the Facebook group, the private Facebook group that will be physician only. And you'll have lots of opportunities to get extra support and ask questions as we go through the challenge together. I can't wait to see you there. So that link is weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash challenge, and you'll get access to be able to register and join us. All right, let's talk about losing weight. How do you start losing weight? The more I've been doing this work and the more I've been coaching different people and physicians, I really realize that how you start matters. You can either set yourself up for success or you can set yourself up for struggles simply by how you start your weight loss process. And this is really the interesting thing and why I wanted to do this podcast episode for you guys is that the way we start weight loss is kind of universal and it's really influenced heavily by diet culture, by everything that we've absorbed, living our life through the 80s, 90s, and you know all the different fads that have come and gone and all the different messaging that we've just naturally absorbed. But that messaging hasn't helped us, right? Like if the diet culture that we've grown up in actually worked, well, the rates of obesity wouldn't be going through the roof, would they? 
there's something wrong with the approaches that we've been taught. And yet these approaches are so deeply ingrained in us that as soon as you start to think, okay, I need to start losing weight, your mind is probably going to be going down certain paths that I want to talk about today. Because if you go down those paths routinely, they're going to create trouble. They're going to make it harder for you to actually start. They're going to make it harder for you to keep going. They're going to make it harder for you to actually go the long game and get all the way to your goals. But we can intervene at the beginning. We can make simple changes about how we approach the start of the weight loss that is actually going to set you up for more success. And as I mentioned at the beginning, we're doing a live challenge covering this topic. So if you enjoy this episode, make sure you check out that challenge. And the course that you get for free when you join the challenge goes in depth into a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. So if you like this and you want more, head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash challenge because I've got a lot of stuff for you over there. Like I said, I've been working on it all summer, really proud of it. And it'll go into a lot more depth than everything that I'm going to talk about in this episode for you. So just take a moment to think, no matter where you are on your weight loss journey, I want you to picture when you're starting or you're restarting, how do you feel? So when you're sitting there, maybe having had some eating habits that are either causing some weight gain or are not getting you to your weight loss, and you know things have to change in order to get to the goal that you want to get to, when you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I got to get going, I got to make changes, how do you feel? Raise your hand. <laughs> do it in real life for me, just so I can picture a bunch of you guys listening to the podcast and raising your hands. Raise your hand if it doesn't feel very good, if you don't feel all that motivated to actually do it. And that's what I want to talk about today is why is that the case? Why does it feel so heavy and feel like such a huge project that we often end up delaying and avoiding actually doing it? I've got lots of reasons for that. <laughs> I'm going to help you out here. So if you raised your hands, thank you for being audience participation for me. But if you raised your hands, then know that I've got stuff for you. And I'm a big believer that really what we should be doing is not thinking, okay, it's going to be hard and I just need to do it. And we'll talk more in detail about that as we go through the podcast. But we really should be asking good questions of ourselves of how can I make this smooth? How can I make this feel simple? How can I make this fit into my life? And this is why I'm such a big believer of having a personalized or customized approach to weight loss. And that's why I teach it in my programs, because it feels way better than just thinking, okay, I have to start this new diet plan that somebody else created for me who has no idea what my life is like, has no idea what it's like to do call, what it's like to come home post-call and still have to have energy to look after the kids. It becomes a way, an approach that you take that you've designed. So you are the person that knows what it's like to do those things. You are the person that knows what's probably going to work for your eating in those different situations that you have to face on a regular basis. That's why having a personalized approach to weight loss is so important and it's so much different than just doing another diet. And that's why I created this course, this free course for you guys is so that you can start figuring out what that is for yourself. All right, I want to get to mistakes because like I said at the beginning, there are some common mistakes, misconceptions, thought errors that we have when we're starting to lose weight that actually get in your way. Make it harder to keep going. Make it actually pretty hard to start. So if you're sitting there thinking, I've been trying to lose weight and trying to get going and I haven't had success, these are going to be really important for you. And then also make it hard to continue. So if you're one of those people where you can do it 
And then after a couple of weeks, you're falling off the wagon, quote unquote. I say quote unquote, because I don't think that's a great way to think about it. But if that's your struggle where you feel you can follow something for a few weeks, and then after that time, you just can't seem to keep going, these are going to be really important for you too. Number one, the mistake we make when we're starting to lose weight is we look outside of ourselves for a diet. We've been taught that there is external knowledge that is better than our own knowledge, that somebody else out there knows what we should be doing better than what we do. And I'm really going to argue that with you. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about each of these in more detail, but this is one that I believe quite passionately about that it, it isn't true. Number two, the mistake we make is we think everything needs to change at once. We sit there thinking, okay, look at all the things I'm doing wrong, and now it all needs to change so that I can be successful. And just think of how that feels when you're sitting there at that point. Of course, you don't do it. (laughs) It doesn't feel good. And you're busy already. Why would you do something that means you have to change every single thing in your life? It's totally overwhelming. Number three, mistake number three is we think the more restrictive, the better. We have been taught about diet that The faster you change, the faster you lose weight, the better. And here's a secret that I've found by working with a lot of people over a lot of years now. It's never fast enough. And then on the occasion that it is fast enough, then our brain goes, whoa, whoa, this might be too fast. And it sabotages us that way. But anyways, thinking that you need to be as restrictive as possible to get results as quickly as possible messes you up. Again, it's not fun to go from, I can eat anything I want to I'm going to have to give up every single thing I've ever loved in the world and the world will be this gray, vast expanse of boring food, just kind of how our brains think about it when we're wanting to lose weight. Well, that's not going to work. Who would choose that? Who would go out into the gray, vast expanse of boring food, except for maybe a little bit of time? You'd be like, well, I could be out there for a little bit. I could manage being in this gray, boring world a little bit, but pretty soon you're going to come back to the I can eat anything I want. And you end up with the big swings that we so often struggle with. And it's that thought that has to go all the way to the most restrictive form in order to be successful and to lose weight as quickly as possible. That's the issue here. And then focusing on the how instead of the why. So when we're starting to lose weight, we get very action focused. We get very focused on what is it that I'm going to do? How could I lose the weight? What would I eat? What exercise am I going to do? We get very focused on the hows, but hows aren't really anything if you don't have a good why behind them. We have to think, why do I even want to make these changes? Why would I do it that way? Why am I choosing to make these food choices? You want to have good whys, and if you focus on the why and developing a good structure of whys, the hows fall into place way, way easier. Mistake number five is that we change the food without addressing the underlying drivers. And I think about this as an iceberg, is the food is the tip of the iceberg. It's what we've been trained to focus on, what you can see, but there's so much stuff under the water that's actually creating that eating that you can see outside of the water. And if we don't focus on what's under the water, it doesn't make any difference long-term what you're just trying to do to the eating because the eating is there. And when I say eating, I'm using eating in the meaning overeating. The overeating is there as a symptom of other stuff happening in your life that we need to address. So you can't just focus on the food and lose significant amounts of weight and keep it off because it does not address underlying things that may trigger eating, overeating, 
going back to old habits, all that sort of stuff that we often deal with. Let's talk about each of these in detail. So the first one, the need to look to an external diet. This one has just been trained into us. We've been taught this over and over again. A lot of it's been through marketing and diets saying this is one, this is one. All you have to do is go onto your social media thread or even look in the media and every day there's probably multiple things coming into your life saying this is the right way to eat. No, do it this way. Do it this way. What does that create? Well, it creates a lot of confusion first because you may be looking at all of these different advices. They all sound reasonable. They all sound like they're backed by science. And so then how do you decide which is the one you want to do for yourself? It becomes really hard. The other problem with this is if we think that somebody else knows more about what we should eat than what we do, we're passing the power to them. So it becomes a disempowering activity in that we're passing over to them our power and our autonomy in what we're eating. And that doesn't actually feel good. Did you like it when you were a teenager and your parents tried to control what you ate? Probably not, right? Like this is why so many teenagers get really bad eating habits because it's finally a place once they, you know, get a bit of mobility and some money in their pocket, it becomes a place where they can exert their own power. So yeah, mom make them eat vegetables, but they could still go, you know, at lunchtime from high school and eat a whole lot of fast food. We like to have autonomy in what we're eating. And that's why I think it is so important to not choose an external diet, but instead to trust your wisdom, your own internal wisdom about what you think is actually going to work for you. And that I know it takes some trust. And when listening to this, you might be, but I have no idea what I should eat to lose weight. And I'm going to question you on that. I'm going to push back a little bit in that really, I think you probably do have an idea. Like if I were to eat these foods, I suspect I would be able to lose weight. And if you do it, the difference here is if you choose the way you want to be eating, the way you think will work for your body, plus this is the really important piece, plus the way that you actually think you would enjoy, be satisfied with eating, then you're holding the autonomy, you're holding the power over your eating. There's less things to rebel against. You can't rebel against this external diet. It's all your decision making. And it feels better. And it's designed to actually fit into your life. Like, have you ever had a diet where you're like, okay, this sounds great. I hear this a lot with people with lower carb eating, where they want to go keto, but they have like kids and a partner who doesn't want to eat keto. And so they say, well, this would be great. And I think it would really work for my life. But I can't make three different meals in it at every meal time. And that's totally fair. So if we're using this approach of it's not an external diet, it's a you generated way of eating, then you design a way of eating that reflects how you think it's going to work for you, but means you're not making multiple meals. And that's essentially what I've done in my own life is found the ways of cooking lower carb for my husband and I, while also cooking for the kids without making multiple meals. And it's just slight modifications and things like that is how we do it. But that's the difference between just being handed a lower carb diet, which is what I originally tried to do. And taking the autonomy and going, okay, how can I actually make this work for me in my life and giving yourself permission to modify and make things work for you, where it doesn't have to look like how everybody else does it. Because you want it to look in a way that you think is going to be sustainable. That's an important piece. And there's no external diet that's actually going to reflect all the individualities of your life and your schedule and your preferences and your body's needs. It has to come from you. You have to take and gather all the information you've gathered over your life, 
all the information about your preferences, the previous times you've lost weight, what worked, what didn't work, who likes what in your house, and how much time do you actually have to prepare food and design something that's actually going to work for you. Now, you may feel a little confused or hesitant to take this approach. That's okay. It's different. It's different than what you've been taught. But having the permission to do this and taking the time, it's not like you have to come up with it immediately. You can take time to figure it out. But taking the time to figure out and create this customized way of eating for yourself is going to be really important long term. And then it's setting yourself up from the get go when you're losing weight. You're starting with a system, with a way of eating that you actually think is going to work in your life. And then guess what? It doesn't have to be perfect from the get-go. You don't have to do it right the first time. So that gives you a bit of permission to just try some stuff out because you can always change it. You can tweak it. You can modify it, but at least you're starting with something that you think is going to be reasonably effective for you and work in your life. And then you tweak it from there. It's far easier to tweak something than to start totally new. So just start. Just design and start somewhere. Number two, the thinking that everything needs to change. So sitting there and thinking, well, the entire diet needs to change. We can't eat out anymore. We have to make all of our own food and make everything from scratch. And you know what? All of that's fine if it works for you, right? But it doesn't all have to change right away. I really believe if you're sitting there wanting to get started, what matters more is the getting started not the being perfect right from the get-go. And so what this is about is looking at, you know, what are one or two things that you could change that feel manageable, that feel like they're not going to be a big deal to get started and make changes with. When you're picturing that everything needs to be changed, it's going to feel overwhelming. It's going to delay your ability to actually start. And that's not what we want. We want to get you started. Once you start, like a stone rolling downhill, the hardest thing is just getting going. And then once it gets going, it builds momentum. Same thing with this. Find a couple of things that work for you, that you know are going to be habits that you actually want to continue and that are going to fit into your life. Because if you have a crazy schedule and you're like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to grocery shop and meal prep every single day, then don't plan a way of losing weight that requires you to grocery shop and meal prep every single day. Plan it realistically within what you actually think you can do. Now, I can tell you from experience over time, that's probably going to change in that as you get momentum with these habits, you'll realize they don't take as much time. You will be able to do more. You'll find ways of fitting it in. But to the start, you want to just start with something that's actually able to be started. (laughs) If you're thinking about your changes that you want to make and you are feeling like, oh, this is going to be so hard. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get started then it's not that you have to work harder to get started. You need to change your plans. You need to change them so that they feel manageable, where you can look at them and be like, okay, yeah, that's all I need to do tomorrow. Like one of the things I do, if I've been eating more carbs than usual and I'm getting back to my normal lower carb, is I've really noticed over the years, drinking fluid matters. It changes not just thirst and hunger, but it actually changes how much brain chatter I have about food. So one of the easy things I do is like, okay, I'm just getting myself back to my normal. And that means I'm making sure I'm bringing water with me and I'm going to drink multiple bottles of water during my day because I know that that's going to calm my brain down a little bit and it's going to make it easier for me to then make the food choices. That drinking water doesn't sound like even on a busy day, even on call. Yeah, I can do that. I just have to bring the bottle with me and 
you know, fill it up in the hospital. A little harder lately during COVID, but it's getting a bit better. But the staying hydrated as a habit, as a way of starting is pretty simple. My other habit that I do, you know, we've kind of gotten busy and off of our normal routines is I just go back to making a meal plan. And I know for some of you, that might seem like a lot. I use a software to make the meal plan and it helps. I've done it for, I think, around four years, most weeks now. So I'm pretty like efficient with it. And then what I do now is I, it's not make a meal plan and then find time to grocery shop. It's make a meal plan and then just order the groceries to be delivered so that then the food is in the house. And that feels fairly easy to me. Now, I'm not giving you these examples saying you need to do these. I'm giving you these examples as just very simple things that can feel manageable and then can have ripple effects to how you actually go through your days and your weeks and how your eating can change just from those small manageable changes. So we're looking not for everything to change. We're not looking for perfection ever. We're looking for small changes that are manageable that then have ripple effects. And whatever they look like in your life is fine. It may be totally different than the things that I just talked about. Or maybe you can use some of these as an example and try them out and see how they go. There's so many different things that might work for you. Maybe it's you cut up vegetables. That's your simple thing. You just cut up vegetables, put them in the fridge on the main shelf so they're like right in your face when you open the fridge. And maybe for you, that works and that makes a difference because they're easy to grab for lunches. If you're snacky, they're right there. And that might be easy, simple habit that makes a difference. Maybe it's just packing a lunch from last night's leftovers. That's something I've used a lot over the years. Instead of packing a lunch and making a lunch and taking time, I just always make sure there's enough dinner cooked at dinner time. So I just have to pull some out and throw it into a container and take it to work. It takes like two minutes and I've got a healthy lunch. So many different options you could do here. The third mistake we think is being more restrictive is better. And this is a topic I could talk about. And I've done lots of episodes about kind of around this topic about restriction and stuff. But the whole concept of restriction, it's a relative concept. So restriction is relative. And what makes something feel restrictive or not is how you think about it. So from one person to another, a way of eating may not feel restrictive. And to another person, it may feel really restrictive. The only difference is how they think about that way of eating. I can tell you when I first started eating lower carb, the very first time it was suggested to me, my head almost exploded and I couldn't understand how you lived a life without eating bread. It felt pretty restrictive for me to not eat any carbohydrates back then. I was like, I can't even have it at one meal. (laughs) I remember having that discussion. Whereas now, not eating carbs in a day, not having any starches and just eating whole foods doesn't feel restrictive because I have a very different set of thoughts about it. But when it comes to starting, I think what is most important when you're wanting to lose weight and you want to do it for the long term, you want to keep the weight off is we're designing this way of eating that's personalized. We've talked about that already today. And they actually want to follow So picture this, instead of that usual diet, like you picture when you're starting a diet, what you're thinking about the food you're going to eat. And I talked about that like gray expanse of boring food where everything you ever loved in the world gets taken away. And we think it's either that or it's I eat anything I want. It's very all or nothing thinking. What if when you're starting weight loss, the food you're planning to eat to lose weight is actually food you want to eat? Picture, you know, having a lunch packed and being excited to go eat that healthy lunch. 
more excited to eat that than, you know, the sandwiches, the hospital sandwiches that get brought into the meeting or like where the food you're eating to lose weight is food you're physically satisfied by, but you also really like and, you know, flavor, taste, texture, you're satisfied by it. That is really possible, guys. I know we've been trained to think it either has to be you give up everything you love and lose weight or you eat everything you love and you gain weight. That's not true. That's the black and white. There is gray where you can eat healthy and decide that you're going to make sure that the food you're eating to be healthy is food you actually like. Now, it might take a little bit more work, but it's not hard work when it comes to food, like deciding that you're going to eat what you want to eat, eat healthy food that you actually like. It's kind of fun. It's such a different approach. It feels so much better. So when you go to a restaurant, it's not about like, oh, what salad can I eat? And I use that tone of voice because that's the tone of voice I used to use in my head. It's more about like, okay, like this is like a puzzle. What can I find on this menu that works for how I'm eating and is going to taste good and I'm going to be excited to order? It's a totally different approach. A lot of it comes from how you're thinking about it, but it does also come from the food and just making sure that the food is actually food you like to eat and giving yourself permission to experiment and figure that out. Because if this is a totally new concept to you, there's a learning curve here. You might start and you're like, I'm not liking this food. It's feeling really restrictive. The mistake we usually make then is we think, okay, well, I need to just hang in here and use more willpower to stick with this food I don't like that feels really restrictive. What I am saying is the problem is not with you or the willpower. The problem is with maybe the food you're choosing to eat or your thoughts about it that's making it feel really boring and restrictive. The goal should always be to feel not restricted, to feel content, satisfied, happy with how you're eating to lose weight, because that makes it so much more sustainable. All right. Mistake number four was the focus on the how instead of the why. So this comes to the power of thoughts. You can decide the how. You can go, let's use a keto diet again, just because uh, it's something I'm familiar with and I've had a lot of discussions about. And I'm not saying anybody needs to follow a keto diet, just to be clear. Again, I'm saying you design it the way you want. And that might be keto for some people. That might be a moderate lower carb. That might be vegetarian for other people. You design how you think it's going to work for you and your body. So let's picture a keto diet. Let's picture you've never eaten keto. And so you're just like, I'm going to eat keto. Everybody's talking about it. You're going to do it. And so you decide to just go for it. Do the hows of like, okay, what food needs to change? What can I eat? What can't I eat? What foods are good? What foods are bad? That's all how. But if you don't have a good reason why, taking those hows are going to be difficult. Like if you picture, if you're just doing keto because everybody else is doing it, because you think that you should, because you want to lose weight as quickly as possible. And then you're there eating keto. You haven't really worked on your thoughts about the food. So you're feeling a little restricted and somebody brings donuts to the office. Well, it's going to be really easy to eat the donuts, or you're going to have to really struggle to not eat the donuts because you've only focused on the how you're losing weight. You haven't focused on the why. Having a really good why structure, meaning having a really good reasons that matter to you about why you are eating a certain way, why you are even wanting to lose weight, why you are choosing some foods over others, that is what actually makes decisions feel very different. So if you have a good why, like let's use the example of somebody who has diabetes, doesn't want to go on insulin. And so they've decided to go on a keto diet to manage as a therapeutic tool to manage their diabetes. Their why 
is I really don't want to be taking insulin every day. So I'm stopping eating the foods that are adding to my blood sugars. That's probably going to be pretty powerful. So when somebody offers a donut, they're not going to look at it and go, well, I wish I could eat the donut, but I'm not allowed. That's a very soft why, right? It doesn't, that type of thinking, which is very diet mentality, doesn't really empower or strike you kind of at your core. That person might look at that donut and go, you know, I used to eat those, but I don't want them anymore because I don't want to be on insulin. It's important to me to manage my diabetes. They would have a structure of whys that are far more empowering that will probably make it easier to say no to the donut. So don't just focus on the how you're going to lose weight. Don't just focus on the how you're going to eat, how you're going to exercise, all of those just action focused things. Focus on the the why, the how you're going to think about it piece of it. How are you going to motivate yourself through your thoughts? Keep yourself focused through your thoughts. All of that comes more from the why side. And that is more important when you're starting than just the how. I would encourage you even before you know the how, before you've decided, come up with the whys. Why are you doing this? I think if you have your whys in place and you know why you want to make change and they're whys that actually resonate with you, choosing a how will be easier because there's no one right how to go about it. There's a lot of different ways you could go about it to lose weight. But if you know why, it's going to make those decisions easier. You're going to feel more motivated to make the decisions. So focus on the why first, then deal with the how. All right, fifth and final mistake is changing the food without addressing the underlying drivers. So like I talked about the iceberg analogy, we've been taught through diet culture to focus on what to eat and what exercise to do. Those are the things sticking outside of the water that tells us, okay, if you just focus on these, then you'll lose weight, right? Like eat less, exercise more, you'll lose weight. So why can't we do it? (laughs) If it was really just that, if it was simple as just eat less, exercise more, we would all do it, right? Like we are highly motivated, high achieving people who have a lot of knowledge about the human body. If it was that simple, it would be done be fine. It would just be like, hey, I have an ingrown toenail. How am I going to manage this? Oh, I just need to do these steps. Okay, done. And then I don't have an ingrown toenail anymore. But weight and eating is not like that. There are so many things that drive eating and weight at multiple different levels that you have to look at the other drivers. When you're starting weight loss and we focus only on what diet am I going to follow, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice here because we're missing all the reasons why it was hard to follow diets in the past, all the reasons why we may have started a diet and not been able to continue it. And so then we miss out on that ability to do it differently this time and structure it in a way that will actually work for us this time. Structure it in a way that when it doesn't work, we actually have compassion with ourselves to figure it out and not just stop. And so that takes looking, and this is, a, again, a big topic, and I've talked a lot about it in the podcast. So listening to older episodes will help you understand what might be under the water here, because there's so many different things that can contribute. And this is what I spent the majority of my time coaching on in Stress Eating SOS, my physician-only coaching program, is what are all these drivers and how do we manage them in the simplest, easiest, most efficient way possible? But it just, you know, some common drivers are stress overwhelm, burnout, fatigue, lack of sleep, like so many different ones, relationship difficulties, frustrations with parenting, all of these can be drivers that can influence your eating. 
And what it takes is a little bit of patience. This isn't just a out of the Cracker Jack box diet, right? Because those didn't work for us. We're doing it differently this time to figure out what's actually going to last. And so what this means is really teasing out these different things. Like, okay, I just noticed when I'm really stressed out about my schedule, I get food cravings. Okay, how am I going to manage that? What am I going to do about it? I've noticed that when I come home and I feel fatigued already, and then I have to do bedtime with the kids, as soon as they're in bed, I just want to snack all night. Okay, how can I manage that? What is the earliest place to intervene? This is the thing I really love is where is the earliest place you can intervene in this cascade that ultimately ends with eating? So if we're thinking of the iceberg analogy, where's the lowest place on the iceberg you can intervene that then maybe you can intervene at a place that it's not even about the food yet. And it just becomes so much simpler. It becomes that if you intervene there before it's ever about the food, you don't have to use willpower because it's not about eat or not eat. It's about shifting thinking and shifting how you're doing things during your day to make the day better. And by doing that, you then end up with less urges to eat. I love this. I know it can be really hard to believe it and picture it where if you're sitting there really dealing with a ton of food cravings and struggling with evening eating. But when you take this iceberg approach, when you address the issues at the earliest spot downstream, a lot of the food cravings just fade away. And I can tell you, I used to snack a ton in the evenings. Like when my kids were little, I don't even know how long, I feel like it was years where I would basically make a giant bowl of popcorn basically every night and sit down in front of the TV and just eat this huge bowl of popcorn to myself after the kids were in bed. And it was my coping strategy. And it really was because I wasn't getting any time to myself during the days. I was like getting up with dealing with small children, getting out the door, running to work, dealing with a practice, dealing with call, dealing with paperwork, all the stuff we deal with, running home because I want to get home on time to maximize the time with the kids but feeling overwhelmed anyways when it got there and trying to be the best parent I could and hoping (laughs) that bedtime would come faster the whole time and getting the kids into bed and then just feeling this like, and all the food cravings would come. And the solution for it ultimately for me was really working early, early in that day in some of those first points of the day that had me getting stressed out, changing how I was thinking about those. And then guess what? It wasn't that I was telling myself I can't eat popcorn in the evenings. I just didn't really think of it anymore. This is what I love with all this stuff that we're talking about. And if you haven't tried it out, this is the reason for doing this extra work is the changes to the eating often become way less about just trying not to eat certain foods. It becomes where the cravings and the urges to eat just fade away, where they're not an issue in the same way. There's still food cravings. Don't get me wrong. As a human being, you'll never totally get rid of food cravings, but those ones that feel so compelling and so hard to deal with, those really fade and get way, way better. All right. We have talked about a lot on this episode. I hope that it's been really helpful for you. Like I said earlier on, come join us in the challenge. It starts August 30th. So that's next week. You will have access to the free weight loss kickstart course. That's a whole course. You get private login information onto the online course portal. There's videos, there's a workbook, all sorts of stuff there. But you're also going to get access to me. We're going to be live in a Facebook group, working on all of this stuff together. So whether you're wanting to lose the first pounds in a way that's actually going to last, or you just want to be losing the next pounds in a different way that actually addresses some of the things that are making it difficult for you to lose weight, 
come join me. We're going to be working it together and it's going to be a ton of fun and you'll get results. You'll start to lose weight in a way that actually feels good, a way that you're thinking to yourself, I could keep going forever like this. That's when we know we've got it. Okay, so head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash challenge to join us in that challenge. I can't wait to see you there. Remember to bring all your questions because you're going to have time to ask me about them live within the Facebook group. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.